1: It sure is, and we are ready to go here on the uh, the Monday Night Edition. Welcome to it, six minutes after 7 o'clock. School's here, along with John Pincus, is handling all your questions, emails, and queries tonight. The phone lines, look at that, already open, 416-870-6400. This, of course, on a Monday is a live show. We're covering all kinds of topics tonight, and bring your phone calls on. We're going to try to uh, get into temporary layoffs, what you need to know about that. We'll get to some of your emails as well. Um, if you want to get a hold of John when we're not on the air, if it's something of a more sensitive nature, you can do that. Write this number down, 1-855-821-5900. I'll endeavor to give you that number throughout the show as we continue. A good website for you off the top as well. This is like having a pocket uh, employment lawyer with you at all times, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And uh, email is simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. All three of those are very good to use at any time. But for the purpose of the next 45, 48 minutes or so, you want to use four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. I know, John, you want to get into a couple week. that was, Matt Matters, um, but first, I mean, it's it's. I mean, we talked about this you and I last night, and we just we got to start every show with it, I guess, for for the next little while. And that is um, questions and updates on COVID nineteen as it relates to the workplace. Uh, I mean, one of the first questions I was going to ask you was, can your employer force you to stay home? But that uh, that was a, a valid question two nights ago, and if the restrictions keep on continuing coming down from either the provincial or federal level, that may be a moot point where they're going to say you will be staying home. Do not leave your house, as Alex just mentioned but we're not there yet but um, yeah a lot of stuff going on I guess uh, in your side of the employment world when it comes to this uh, this coronavirus right
2: that's right and We're in fairly uncharted territory here, so everyone's going to have to, uh, you know, and we as employment lawyers have to kind of adjust our expectations of what is typical and and what people's rights normally are in the situation. Normally, an employer cannot uh, force you to stay home uh, without uh, engaging in a breach of contract. But here, uh, if you have returned uh, from abroad and uh, you need to be self-isolating for 14 days, uh, employers do have a duty to maintain a safe. Uh, and healthy work environment so uh, if they have reason to believe quarantine is required for any reason particularly if you're exhibiting symptoms but even uh, potentially if you are not uh, that employer is uh, I think well within their right to mandate a sick leave and and the more and more we hear from our government the more and more uh, that adds legitimacy to that.
1: Again, 416-870-6400, and use that number for any employment questions. But as we we begin the opening of the show tonight, if you have any questions uh, with it relates to your employment, your job, being off work, potentially having to be off work uh, with COVID-19, bring them on. Call now and ask John your questions here. 416-870-6400. Take advantage of his knowledge and his up-to-date knowledge anyway when it comes to this matter over the next little while. Trust me, it'll be a phone call you want to make. Does your employer have to pay you? if you're off on sick quarantine, how does that work? Again, I know there's a government overlap with this, but what do you think?
2: Well, as, as far as your relationship with your employer, unless right. you have a, contra- a contractual right to paid sick days, by default, sick days are unpaid. Any employer following guidance from our government health officials regarding who should not be at work can force it to be on a sick leave, and that sick leave is going to be unpaid. So for people who are on sick leaves for extended periods of time, generally speaking, they have really only two recourses, either employment insurance or disability insurance, with, of course, the greater benefit typically being disability insurance. So short-term disability insurance may be something that you want to consider right now with COVID-19 and uh, maybe something you want to look into applying for. Now, we are getting news uh, from the Premier that the there's going to be some legislation that, that might uh, try and top up some of that EI, make access easier, expand eligibility. Right. Uh, I'm still waiting for details as to how that's going to work, so I, I don't really know more than, than has been reported on that, uh, but hopefully we'll see something uh, come down uh, that, that is going to help uh, beyond what EI can provide, which is, you know, it's something, but it's, it's fairly minimal.
1: Yeah, and I think they're going to waive the uh, the latency period after applying and getting it. That that, that week long period, it's just you're, it's gonna, it's going to be uh, become active fairly quickly. I think, from what I understand,
2: right, which is so important because if someone's yep. going to be off work only for two three weeks and they've got a one week waiting period, it almost uh, mm-hmm. you know defeats part of the point.
1: Yeah right. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. You have questions about this in relation to your job and COVID nineteen, this coronavirus, or anything else for that matter? Because as you know, we discuss all angles of employment law and your job and your career here on the show. Whether you're an employee or an employer facing this particular uh, struggle over the next few weeks, and hopefully not months, but it could quite well turn into that if uh, if it has to be. But uh, bring a phone call on. We'd love to love to talk to you. We're going to get back to our points uh, in regard to that, John. But I want to bounce over to the phone calls because they're starting to light up already william thanks for uh thanks for your time how are you this afternoon i'm good how are you' good, good. what's uh what's on your mind pal
3: um I just have a question of how somebody somebody complained about me today mm-hmm. uh, coughing in the warehouse and I've just come inside from having a cigarette on my break which is quite <sighs> normal if you smoke mm-hmm. and now they tell me that you have to go home for two weeks.
2: Right. Well, uh, (laughs) I understand
3: that my boss already said to me and I understand the way they said unemployment kicks in immediately. So I don't really care. But I I mean, is this for real?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that that's that's a very frustrating situation. And it it sounds like, you know, arguably, you're going to have some employers, um, you know, somewhat overreacting in the circumstances. Uh, You know, is is that going to be considered a breach of contract? I think when the dust settles on this, it might be the kind of thing that we may that you may want to consider saying, "Hey, you know what? I was sent home. There was really no justification for it." Uh, and well, I, you know what, as
3: me. long as you know what? hold on, as long as I get paid, I don't really mm. care. Right, I'm not going to lose my job. I know that.
2: Right, Good. no, but of of course, you the problem is the the problem is, of course, is that you're not being paid right now, right? And you're you're now being asked to go on um, employment insurance. For the time being, uh, you know, I'd say there, there's not a whole lot you can do. As as uh, uh, Alex was saying before the hour, um, even the courts aren't open at this point, so there's not a whole okay. lot that's going to be able to be done in the short term. So I think that it's fair for you to reach out to your employer and say, "Look, I'm not exhibiting any symptoms." Um, you know, I, I, I'm perfectly capable of coming into work. I haven't been abroad. Uh, I'm not sick. Here's what happened. Can I come back to work? And if they're not letting you back to work, then once the dust settles, you know, we may be able to talk about getting you compensation for the time uh, that you've been off if this – if because
3: – Oh, no. I mean? You know what? No, they, You know what? I, could, I really couldn't care less because um, they owe me enough. I said, okay, write me a check for two weeks vacation pay, but right. I want my vacation pay back later. Right. Like, you're forcing me to take two weeks off even though I don't want to.
2: Right. And, And I think what's going to be very important when the dust settles on this and there's going to be a lot of disputes between employees and employers about people who've had to use their vacation, people who've had to use their wages, the big question is, did employers exercise um, their discretion in good faith here, right? So here we have a, a case where I think it's it's quite questionable uh, of whether the employer exercised it in good faith because presumably everyone else is still at work, and here you are stuck on a sick leave because someone saw you cough and you're not actually exhibiting any symptoms. So I I'm think that... not
3: exhibiting anything else, and you know what? There's been three other people sent home because they sneezed inside the facility. So. I mean, it's just a matter of time before this takes over.
2: Right. Well, all in all, I think employers are going to be given a lot of latitude, but they're still going to have to exercise their discretion in good faith. So if it comes out later that they didn't, Uh, then there may be an entitlement there. But unfortunately for right now, at least in the short term, there's really nothing you can do than uh, apply for EI. On the plus side, uh, I'd say probably the less you can be exposed to people in the public, probably the better it's going to be for you uh, anyway. So that's if there's a silver lining, uh, that's it. And I think in in short order, we're going to see less and less people uh, going to work. But no, I, I hear you. That's frustrating.
1: William, appreciate the call and uh, your time. Again, 416-870-6400. you have concerns about uh, COVID-19 in your workplace and you personally or any employment matter, bring it on. That's why we do this show here Monday, Wednesdays, the weekend shows, and, of course, Global TV and CTV with uh, Employment hour, uh, Employment Law Show as well. Paul, thanks for uh, hanging on. Good evening. How are you?
3: Good. I'm good. Thank you.
1: Sure. What's up?
3: Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering is um – I'm gonna get paid because uh, I'm I only work part time, Mm -hmm. and then um, we were told that we were not we were going to be canceled for the shift. Mm -hmm. So and there wasn't any and it wasn't sure if we're gonna have to have the shift the coming weeks. Right. So and they said that they were not gonna compensate us. So I was just wondering if since we're scheduled to work, are Mm -hmm. we gonna get paid even if they send us home?
2: No, likely you're not going to be be paid, and then your only recourse here is going to be employment insurance. So the main criteria right now, and this and this may change uh, because this is a dynamic situation. But the standard criteria is that you lose forty percent at least of your weekly pay. In your case, you know, I suppose it, it could be a hundred percent, and that you've worked uh-huh. at least six hundred hours uh, in the uh-huh. year before the claim. Now keep an eye out for announcements because those. Requirements; those eligibility criteria may change. Uh, but for now, I'd say the only thing you can really do is apply for employment insurance and uh, hope that we're going to be having some measures in from our provincial government um, to make up uh-huh. the shortfall. But know that there's there's not really much else you can do, and I, I would expect in those circumstances that it's, it's not going to be paid.
3: I see, I see. Okay, I guess I just have to just listen then and just uh, do whatever they tell me. Like, if they tell me that, okay, next week they're going to be cancelled again, so I just have to wait.
2: You just have to wait, and and that's what everyone's doing now. We're just kind of holding our breath and, and hoping that uh, soon enough things return to normalcy. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks,
1: Thanks Paul. I appreciate that. I want to remind uh, you and and you as well, anytime you want to reach out when the show's not on, get a hold of John or Lior, a member of the team. Do so. Always keep the number with you, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Wonderful website. We'll get to more of your calls. I see you there, Greg and Jennifer. Hang on. You guys are coming up. And for you as well, plenty of time. Bring it on. You have questions about COVID-19 or employment in general. That's why we're here. 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show continues. This
0: is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser.
1: It is 416-870-6400. You bet that is the number. It is 721 on your Monday night. And, man, it's a uh, it's a scary time. It's it's uncharted waters. Everybody's nervous. Nobody knows quite what to think when it especially comes to their employment. I mean, there's a whole health side of COVID-19 that people are on edge about. And more and more people are getting diagnosed and they're going to be off work. But that is why we're here. That's why John is here doing the show tonight to give you some information to clear things up and at least get you uh, back on two feet with some, with some knowledge. 416-870-6400. 6400 as well if you just have normal employment questions please bring those on but uh put your mind at ease here and give us a call if you have any questions for the remainder of the show that's why john is here so let's uh, let's make it happen give some people some um uh, some satisfaction jennifer thanks for hanging on good evening how are you hi good thanks good what's so uh, what's your question Jen? well
4: i have a question can an employee make an, an ei claim under this covid19 based on the fear of getting it at work So they don't have symptoms. They haven't necessarily been exposed, but they might have been through just dealing with the public and they're scared of it. And that's, I think, a big concern with everybody right now.
2: Right. Well, what's going to be important in those circumstances is whether a record of employment is issued, because the first thing that Service Canada is going to look for, and and your entitlement to employment insurance stems from the record of employment. So, if a record of employment is issued and it says, you know, code A uh, shortage of work or code K other, and saying, look, there's going to be, uh, you know, employee uh, employee leaving due to coronavirus, then you know you can apply for those sick leave benefits, and I think that. Um, it's going to be fairly loose in terms of the eligibility requirements compared to what we would normally see. So the first place I would start is I would say, you know, uh, I would go to your employer and I would say, can you issue this uh, record of employment? Right, um, so as
4: an employer, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to issue a record of employment because right, right. Like, if, if anybody's fearful or thinks they've been in contact, then... Then I'm just going to issue one, so they're going to have one, and they can collect EI, I would think.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and I and I think that what what you're doing there is is very uh, very similar to what you know thousands, if not millions, of people are doing right now across the country. So uh, you're you're in good company.
4: And um, oh, okay. So is there a special is there going to be a special code for the record of employment? Because I suspect I'm going to have to do a few of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would go on Service Canada's website, as I, I imagine there's probably some direction. Uh, I, I think this probably falls under <laughs> other uh, because yeah. it's um, you know it's not a shortage of work situation and I, I wouldn't put that there because it, that that actually can put you at risk if, if you use that code um, and it's not necessarily a medical leave because people aren't uh, are leaving because they're sick necessarily so I think you may want to put um, you know other code K and say you know you could you can put something in the comments box you know coronavirus uh, uh, health and safety measures social distancing and 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 by sending people home, if you're able to do that, um, you're actually contributing to the efforts uh, for social distancing. So I I think that will probably be uh, accepted.
4: But if somebody's off because they've been self-isolating because they just came back from a trip, Mm -hmm. do they come back to work in two weeks?
2: Um, if they're if they're able to come back right now there's really nothing stopping them from uh coming back to work unless the employer deems it necessary for health and safety reasons um, to have those uh people stay home uh but uh as far as once they've they've passed that is- uh, self isolation period there's you know as it stands there's no reason why those employees can't be asked to come back to work
4: mm-hmm. so you can't like you can't be off for a few months because well you then they might fear that they're going to get it again if they're if they've been off and then they come back to work then they're scared they're going to get it then they could be back to my original question right right well so they there's could have multiple EI claims or Right.
2: Well, as it, as it currently stands, um, unless they have some specific reason. So, for instance, they're working in close proximity to someone who's refusing to go home and they're exhibiting symptoms or they've just come back from a hotspot. Those employees can be expected to continue working during this time. Um, unless, you know, unless it's the kind of thing where there's been a specific order that that particular business close. Um, then uh, those employees can be expected uh, to to be at work. And there's there's really nothing they can do to say, I'm refusing to go to work. I'm going to stay home.
1: Jen, appreciate uh, the questions and the comments as well in your phone call. 416-870-6400 is the number to use. Uh, Greg, thank you for hanging on. We're getting through all of our callers here. So uh, give us a, a few minutes and we'll get to you. Greg, what's, uh, what's on your mind, pal? Um,
5: basically... I just found
3: out today that my work's going to be possibly laying people off because we're in the dental lab and right. uh, a lot of the dentists are closing their offices for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to have any work coming in. Uh, just wondering, as far as getting laid off, like a temporary layoff, does that affect me if I take that? Um, is there like some sort of effect later on if they try and lay me off again? Like, does that no. open the door for them?
2: No, that's that's actually a very, very good question, uh, yeah. and, and one that hasn't been asked yet. You know, if you accept... Um, these I mean, and you really have no choice but to accept them because there's just not yeah, going to be any work yeah. for you to do. Uh, but if you, you know, for, for lack of a better word, sort of acquiesce to the current situation, is that going to give that employer license to put you on a temporary layoff later? And I'd say absolutely not. It's it's, it's not going to. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I, I argue in certain situations that even if you are on a normal temporary layoff, that doesn't mean you're necessarily agreeing to have it done again. But certainly in this instance, where it's an extraordinary situation and you are acquiescing to it because basically our entire society um, is is sort of winding down uh, that's going to be seen as a one-off situation and if they try and do that again to you uh, when you come back that's still going to be a breach of contract that's still going to be a, a, a temporary layoff and a constructive dismissal and and this is a really important issue because at one point um, you know at some point this is going to the dust is going to settle here and people are going okay. to back, going to go back to work and there's going to be a temptation for a lot of these employers uh, to put people on temporary layoff because of the drop in business. But things are different. When employers do that, when they do it because they don't have the work and they want to put people on a temporary layoff instead of severing employment, that's when it becomes a constructive dismissal. And that's when you should be speaking to an employment lawyer. That's, that's really good. Good to hear that.
1: Greg, Alrighty. appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. Thank you for uh, for your time. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number. Steve, we're down to you. How are you, pal?
5: I'm um, okay. Just like everybody else, just trying to kind of you know figure figure things out.
1: Right. Um, first of all, guys, yeah. I,
5: I I love the show. I've learned so much. Aw, thanks, uh, man. From listening Great. over the years, so.
1: Um, Excellent. I, Appreciate it.
5: It's finally a time that I actually uh, needed to make a call and and, mm-hmm. uh, and Good. get some understanding. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm calling from the employer side of things, and I kind of caught wind of a couple callers ago that sounded like you know some of the questions that I had came up. Um, I'm in a, a situation I have about ten uh, to or twelve employees, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm in a field where it may be. Um, You know, looking like a a, almost a a mandated shutdown, and I want to, uh, you know, I I, I absolutely do. You know, first and foremost, I want to take care of my employees, and I don't want to leave anybody uh, hanging by any means. And I'm not really clear at all about how um, EI would would kick in for them, or whether I what responsibilities as as an employer uh, do I have to continue to pay them in lieu of that, and i just looking for some clarity. I, like I said, I, I, I don't want to leave anybody uh, hanging and all, and I want to do what I can, um, but I'm not really getting any real clarity on whether in the, if they're not actually ill, can they, uh, if, I'm, if my business is forced to, to stop, uh, where does that leave them?
2: Right. Well, if you close the business um, because of the health advisories and you deem it necessary for health and safety reasons to do that, then I would say that you're, in terms of you know your rights as an employer, I think you're within your right to do that. You normally wouldn't be unless you have specific agreement from employees uh, for those kinds of layoffs. But this particular kind of temporary shutdown, I think, is going to be um, accepted mm-hmm. as necessary. Um, in terms of where that leaves your employees, um, if you're not paying them during that time, then as long as they have, uh, reached 600 hours of work in the year prior, uh, to making the claim, they're going to have a right to access employment, uh, insurance benefits and in those cases, not sickness benefits, but unemployment benefits. And, um, hopefully there's going to be some measures uh, from the province that are, are still very early and, and, and still, uh, in progress that will, will top that up because that, that particular benefit tops out at $573 a week and that's before tax right so that's not really going to pay the bills um, but but you know millions of people are are going to be in that situation right now and and you placing your employees in that situation is really no different than than what um, you know hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of other employers are going to be doing so it's just the reality
5: if I if I was able and chose to to somehow Subsidize that for my employees. Does that risk their EI claim at all? If if I was to try and and, and, and subsidize the, the the say the another portion of what would otherwise be their normal weekly income?
2: No, there is a way to do that, and, and you may want to speak with Service Canada about that. I mean, for instance, there's nothing uh, stopping an employer during a maternity leave uh, from topping up uh, sick, uh, pregnancy and parental benefits, so that that is something that is done. Um, and uh, remember that the only requirement to be eligible for EI in the first place is that they've lost uh, 40% of their, their weekly earnings. So right. if that's something you're prepared to do to kind of top up their EI, Definitely, I would look into that. Definitely, that is something um, that I, I I would see as, as feasible, and um, I would just look into service Canada for those requirements. But um, I I think that's a, a commendable thing to do, and if you can do it, it's a it's a great thing to do.
1: Steve, nicely done. Thanks for your uh, for your phone call. We're going to keep going here four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. John, thanks for thanks for hanging in there. Really appreciate it. Uh, what's uh, what's your question, pal? Uh,
5: thank you. Um, my daughter just got laid off from her company today because of uh, the virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works with handicapped children and she's gone to school for it. Um, I didn't know this until today. They pay her as an independent contractor. They don't take taxes off. They don't pay her sick days. Uh, the kids don't show up or one of the kids doesn't show up she does she loses the portion of her pay um, because of the amount of kids that haven't been showing up. They, they keep the right. home She lost a significant amount of pay.
1: Yeah. And right.
5: No stay, and they tell her she has no benefits, no EI. Um, they don't pay her for sick days or holiday pay. But yet, uh, from what I've determined, she's not an independent contractor. She's an employee, is that right?
2: Well, uh, you know what? We we'd have to have a more detailed discussion about that uh, in terms of who's an employer and who's an employee. I mean, if it, it's kind of like, if it, if it looks like a, do- a duck and, and uh, you know, talks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a duck. Uh, but so, you know, if, if, if uh, you know your wife's someone who is subject to performance reviews, scheduling discipline um, you know, doesn't use her own materials, gets a, you know, the same paycheck every week, then yeah, probably she's been misclassified and this is a problem that, that we see, uh, that's ubiquitous. But for now, for the time being, you know what can she do? Uh, the answer is, is is a little bit grim, unfortunately, because if she hasn't been paying into um, EI benefits, then she's not going to be eligible for it unless she's self-registered. And if she self-registers now, um, I don't believe they've made any changes to this yet, but you actually don't become eligible for 12 months after you self-register. So um, Yeah, it's it's a it's a crummy situation. I mean, to to put it bluntly, Uh, and there's you know for people who are self who've been misclassified, um, you know that's you know this is one example, but we have of course all the people in the gig economy as well, um, who who arguably are misclassified. Um, They are really in a precarious situation right now, and you know I I wish I had a good answer, and I I think the answer is that we need our government to step in to protect these people, and uh, I I certainly haven't seen enough, and, and hopefully we'll we'll see. More and they're they're starting to at least consider protective measures and and my hope is that part of those protective measures are to protect people who are independent contractors and in precarious work because this is exactly the problem.
1: That is a a great segue to uh, to Peter, our next caller. Peter, you're you're self employed, right?
5: Yes, I am.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Okay.
5: Um. And, S- sorry, I'm, I'm driving. Um. The point I want. The Last caller made a lot of sense. I'm an independent contractor, as a, a lot of people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not pay, we pay EI, but we do not, we, we collect our own taxes and we pay our own taxes and all that stuff. Okay. Um, and the, the federal government has talked about putting in, um, you know, things in place to help compensate us. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard anything around that at all?
2: Well, I mean, the good news is if, if you've been paying for EI for at least the last year and you've self registered for that, then you should be eligible just like anyone else. Um, as far as, what measures are, in pla- measures are in place over and above that EI? We're still waiting for the details on that. I know we've we've heard from the premier that there's going to be some provincial measures put into place, uh, but as as far as I know, that the details of that, uh, at least the, as of the last time I checked, um, haven't haven't been uh, solidified, haven't been finalized. So I think uh, the you uh, just you know keep your, your eyes on the news and 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 for uh, announcements from our government, and, and hopefully there's some good news coming.
1: Peter, appreciate the call. We had that uh, call last week on the show several times, and it just keeps coming up, right? 416-870-6400, the number to call through, and uh, normal employment matters, but I guess uh, for the for the bulk of this show, the remaining time, I guess it's going to be all about COVID-19, which is fine. Bring it on. We're trying to get some uh, some answers for you. John, thanks for uh, for hanging on. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's your concern? Well, I've got a question here
4: about yeah. Actually, for my wife. Uh, today, she was told that it's about 15 of them was chosen that they have to work for uh, at a different location for the timing mm-hmm. and my question is that first of all a commute to go to that different location is about almost like 50 minutes where no- a normal commute is 30 minutes second they're willing to pay a uh, fuel mileage to go there and come back so, so it was is,
2: it was normally thirty minutes you said and now it's fifty minutes?
4: Yeah. yeah, fifty to about an hour.
2: Right. And they're and they're going to be compensating her for, for some of the difference?
4: Just a few
3: just a few mileage that's
2: it. Okay. Well, um, you know, I I think the first thing that that your wife should do is is try and figure out exactly how much this is going to cost her, you know, other than the time, of course. But if there's going to be any costs over and above the mileage and perhaps put that to the employer, um, is a change from a 30-minute commute to a 50-minute commute going to be a breach of contract? I would tend to think probably not. That's probably not enough of a change to constitute a constructive dismissal. So the only question there, I think, is is uh, is the compensation for the extra mileage. Is that enough to actually compensate for how much it's going to cost? And if they're refusing to do that and the cost is going to be you know, a reduction in her pay of 10%, 15%, well, then maybe that's that could be a breach of contract. So I think the first thing that she should do is calculate exactly how much it's going to cost, compare that to how much they're paying her, and if there's a big difference, then give us a call, and we can talk about what her rights are in the circumstances.
1: John, appreciate the. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
4: Sorry, the reason why they do this because they say that because the, the current location where she's working that it might lock down because of this COVID nineteen. I see. So this is this
2: is yeah. a temper. This is a temporary measure.
4: Temporary. Yeah. Yeah. Temporary, so, I... but, no, but not, not, nothing in.
2: Oh, oh we just, did yeah, we lose? I guess we he, lose. He, he, I, I think we got all the important points there, though. And unfortunately, yeah. we lost you. But if you, if you're still listening, um, in that situation, uh, that that just sort of sort of uh, reaffirms uh, for me what I was saying earlier. Especially right. if that's going to be a temporary change, there's really nothing you can do about that. That's a fairly modest change, and especially because it's being done in the context of the pandemic. Uh, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people in that situation are going to have to just kind of grin and bear it for the short term. And as long as it stays within the context of the health advisories, and that once this settles, uh, which everyone should remember, one day it will um that it's back to normal then i think that's uh, that's fine. So what everyone has to be aware of is when this ends, you know, look at the situation you're in and if and if you're still finding you're you're having this commute or you're having you're still on a layoff, that's where you have to ask the employer, "Hey, what's going on?" and if they're not bringing you right. back, that's the that's the time to give us a call.
1: Amanda, good evening. How are you?
3: Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you.
1: Good. What's uh, what's your question?
3: It kind of got answered a little bit before, but it was being a small business owner and also a mom. I work Mm -hmm. construction. I what is there that can help me? Like I have my son home from school now, and I work residential construction. Nobody really wants me in their house. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going back and forth to Home Depot all the time, and you're constantly there's so many unknowns. Like, what is Mm there as an independent? Owner, Like, I don't have any employees or anything like that, but unfortunately, you know, there is no work now.
2: Right. Well, this is a situation where, you know, and and it pains me to say this, but it's it's the harsh truth is that the law has limits for what it can do, right? The law is only as good as what our legislators um, and Mm -hmm. what our judges uh, decide is the law. And right now, the only kind of relief that a small business owner who's, who's suffering is going to receive is whatever's relief is provided by our government, uh, by our provincial government, by our federal government. And without them intervening, um, the only possible relief that you're going to have in the situation is if you're self-registered for employment insurance, which, you know, as we talked about is is only going to cover so much and only for a certain period of of time. Um, but outside of that, if you're a small business owner, uh, this is, you know, this is just going to be a a tough time and it's going to be a storm that we're all going to have to weather together. And that's really all there is to it, unfortunately. Oh,
3: all right. Well.
2: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, Thanks, I, you know, I really hate John. I really hate being the the bear of I bad know. news tonight. I, I usually I have good news, right? But uh, yeah. t- today is is um, you know the best news that I can tell people is that um, you know this too shall pass, right? Everything yeah. you know this yeah. this we will get through this, um, and you know we we might uh, you know we might suffer uh, in the short term. Um, But eventually, we're going to return to normal. And if people's uh, employment is, if if anyone's employment is terminated as a result of this, they're still going to have rights. They're still going to have the rights to severance. And, you know, that's where the law is going to step in. And that's where employment lawyers can step in to help you. But in the short term, we all just kind of have to, uh, you know, uh, grin and bear it and and wait for this thing
1: to to blow over. Let's try to get to another call here. Uh, Debbie, thank you for hanging on. Uh, You have a question? Go ahead.
5: Um, yes. Hi. Good evening. Thank you very much.
3: Um, sure. My employer has instituted uh, rotating shifts so mm-hmm. that uh, we can. Some of us can work at home. Others can work on site, um, and then we switch it up. Um, I'm worried that this is insufficient. Um, and what happens if one of us doesn't want to work? We're not sick, but we just don't want to work and put ourselves to risk. Mm-hmm. Um, what are our rights as far as that?
2: Well, here's where you have to be careful. Now, on the one hand, an employer does have an obligation to take all reasonable precautions to protect the health of their workers. But if you, as an employee, um, refuse to go to work um, in the absence of um, someone around you having a, cor- a coronavirus illness uh, or someone uh, being quarantined, that could be considered willful misconduct, right? So you have to be. Uh, now, if you're, you know, if you're next to someone who's um, exhibiting symptoms of, uh, of of what appear to be coronavirus, and your employer is just kind of shrugging it off, that might be a situation where you could arguably, under the Occupational Health and Safety Act, say, "I'm refusing unsafe work." Uh, yeah. But you know, that that's a very tricky thing to do uh, to to navigate. Um, you know, while I always tell people put their health first. I can't promise you um, that if you refuse to go to work during this time, um, that that's not going to hurt you later if if your employment is terminated. So I think if you have a specific concern with someone uh, with being in close proximity with someone who is exhibiting symptoms you should, you know, voice those concerns, put those um, uh, concerns in detail to your employer and see how they respond. Uh, And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's a way to to separate people and, and, uh, you know, have some kind of cooperative agreement. But uh, be careful about just saying, no, you know, they say social distancing, therefore, uh, I'm not going to go to work. You know, our government has not yet mandated that people cannot go to work. It's still, uh, still fairly circumscribed. Now, that may change, but for the time being... Uh, as far as we know, if you're able to go to work and you're not sick and you're not in the kind of uh, fitting the kind of criteria where you need to be self-isolating, for example, if you've been abroad, um, mm-hmm. then you can be expected to continue going to work because you know we're we're still trying to do our best to keep the lights on and and employers um, you know can have that expectation.
1: Like I said, man, it's uncharted waters, and it's ever-changing. I appreciate all your calls. So if we didn't get to you, that's okay. You can still reach out to John, get some answers. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, the email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Or call 1-855-821-5900, and you can always check pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Back on here on Wednesday, the weekend shows again, and, of course, the TV show on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. Stick around. Lots more important stuff on the way. On Point continues with Alex Pearson